what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Trap Podcast. Happy New Year. Um, we have the pickle with us in a special January 2nd episode, emergency episode of the Trap. Dad, how are we doing? We're good. How are you? How was your New Year's? <laughs> it was good. Um, pretty pretty uneventful. Uh, we ended up not as fancy as you. You were out of what the country club? Yeah, yeah. It was actually pretty good. It was you know we had a real good time. They had like four hundred people there. Uh, you know, set it all up outside. Had a band and tons of food, and it was nice, real nice. That's cool. Um, yeah, we ended up just, we went out to that, uh, have you heard of this baseline social place in uh, Oceanport in F- the, where uh, Fort Monmouth is? No. It's incredible. It's like a giant, it's the coolest sports bar you've ever been to in your life. It's a 70-foot long television that they could put any games they want on, or they can make it all one game. Um, and it's got, uh, it's got like those virtual reality uh, you could do like a golf simulator. You could shoot pucks. You could throw a football. All that stuff. Oh in wow! There. <clears throat> it's really cool. When did, did you, you do you that? Know, because I th- I didn't think playing. you went out New Year's Eve. We didn't. We went out. It was like two o'clock in the afternoon. We all all of our friends and stuff. Nobody wanted to host, so we got everybody together and brought the kids, and they all played around for a little while. Um, but place is really cool. I don't know when. When we would go, but maybe next time you're up, we could, sure. we could try to hit it if there's something going on. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I feel like there's been a lot of good. There's been a lot of good sports in the past couple of days. Did you happen to see that Alabama Michigan game yesterday? I watched some of it. I watched a little bit. We had um, yesterday was our makeup Christmas day at uh, Kyle's house. So I went over there and uh how'd that go? It was good. It was good. Um, you know, me, mom, Nan went over there and uh Jake and Lauren wound up showing up. Uh they had uh hosted a party the night before and they got they were pretty uh they were pretty tired from the night before. So hmm. um well I mean it was New Year's Eve. No, I know, I know. Um, but, um, it's just, it, it was good. It was real nice. Got the kids, uh, let the kids open up their gifts. A lot of parts, a lot of noisy toys and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's grandparents payback. Here. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the last time that we had, had spoke was, um, it was directly after the Boston game. So yeah. There was no, there was no time in between, and it was very honest, and I was extremely frustrated. And I, I like how you're always so concerned about losing our our Devils listeners because you don't want to talk bad about the team. I'm not, I'm uh, not concerned. I just, you know, you are. I think it's a lot more fun when we're having fun doing this and they're winning, and I feel like you know, it could still be entertaining when they're bad, and that's why. I was trying to explain to my father, like, have you really never, I was saying, have you ever listened to like Mike Francesa or New York sports radio before? Because, you know, half of it is, you know, you're always going to have teams who are, are letting you down when you're covering all of the New York sports teams. And like, that makes up like 
probably 75% of sports talk radio. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sure it does. It just, you know, I take it, I take the devil so serious that um, it's just, it's depressing to talk about it. I think that our, our, the people that listen to this, our fans do too. And one of the things that I was bringing up is like, no one likes to get jerked around. Like everybody, if the devils are playing like shit and there needs to be, moves made and people need to be held accountable the last thing they want to do is listen to a podcast of people telling them how great the team really is when the team really looks like garbage you no know what I mean? yeah i don't think that yeah. we could have possibly have said that on the last one <laughs> so um i think that people that are listening to this deserve to hear what i consider would be the truth now whether or not that's what you think that's a completely different that's a subjective that's subjective you know what i mean and one of the posts that I had this weekend was about how, at the end of the day, we're all Devils fans. We all are hoping for the same thing. We want to see him win a Stanley Cup, but everybody has their own way of thinking on how they're going to get to that level. Right. And I think that that's very fair. But like, let's not criticize each other to the point to the point where it's just in you know in fan base battling to the point where everybody just hates each other either. And it's like you can get wrapped up into the. Honestly, no, into the, it, Twitter, it, the Twitter community yeah. and whatnot. And it's really, it's, you know what it is? It's just not productive. Yeah. So it, that happened to me for the first time. Um, that night during the, the Boston game where I, I, you know, I've never argued with anybody on Twitter, but somebody was Only just in real life. Right. In real life. I argued with everybody, but never on Twitter. And, uh, and this person just making such, defending Vanacek to the death um, was just like, just seems like that, you know, just you're, you're obviously related or something. It's, you can't, I don't know how you do that. So um, I, I wanted to give myself a, a, a day away to really, um, I don't know, take a step back and then reevaluate if because I, I I recognize I am calling for somebody's job and I am calling f- and I I don't take that lightly. I mean, if someone was trying to get me fired, not that anyone gives a shit what I have to say, but I'm just saying, I I take people's I take people's jobs serious, and I know that Lindy Ruff has clearly put a lot of time and a lot of effort into doing this. I mean, and he's been around long enough where he deserves a fair shake of things. You know what I mean? So I was trying to I took a step back. And I was thinking to myself, you know, all right, they lost to Boston. Boston is a very good team. If you fall behind to them, it's going to be very hard to to come back. Do I think they should have did things differently, especially in the second period? Of course I do. Sure. And and I was and I was going to be open minded and try to think. Okay, like I don't want to get into this whole every single episode of. I want to fire the coach. I want to fire the coach. But then today, look at the lineup. They put out the lines and I I can't help it. I can't help it. I can't deal with the stupidity. It's so ridiculous. Like what the hell are we doing? Not, not only, not only what are we doing with Holtz, but what are we doing to Nico Heischer as well? So now you have your Nico Heischer is basically centering a third line. You want to say that Palat should be playing on the second line? Okay. And he does a lot of the dirty things and he, he plays a, a game that most that's very hard to play against. That's fine. But you're gonna put Halla on Heesher's wing? 
You're basically you're making Heisher a third line center. Right. What are, what are you doing? Right. And you're putting Lazar up on Lazar. Lazar play, has played great, and I love his style of play. I love his grit, and he's not a quitter, man. He's he's one hundred percent every game. But at the end of the day, he's a fourth line player. He is not a third line player. He's not a second line player. He's a fourth line player at best. And you know, looking at the fourth line, I mean, I would I would have never have made the lines up the way they, the way they look. Um, and then you know, like you said, you have the Miller Miller back there, who's probably not going to play for Smith, and because Smith is such a great penalty killer. Um, and Vanacek, I guarantee you, is going to start. No, I don't think he will. But listen, I look at this pairing. I look at these lines. Curtis Lazar has 42 goals in eight years. Right. What what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Like fourth line player. He's a fourth line player. I mean, there's just... You mean to tell me... That when Timo Meyer is injured, there still isn't a place to move Alexander Holtz up the lineup. He's one of your best five-on-five goal scorers. You're still not going to move him up. And Timo's out with a medium body injury. What, what the, the hell does fuck that mean? Does that mean? What's, what's a medium body? What are they cooking him? It's like, what, what, what is that? Not mid-body, not lower body, upper body, not, you know. A medium body What's injury. medium body? What does it even mean? I, I actually Googled it. I Googled it, and I mustn't have been the first person to do it because it did pop up, and there was nothing. That it, it doesn't come up. I mean, what is it? And I get how hockey, try and be secretive and this and that, but it's like, come on, man. It's like. That's such a poor, poor thing to tell your your fans, your uh, news that he has a medium body injury and won't be with the team in Washington. Um, it's what he's doing with the lineup is so ridiculous, and this is this is simple shit, guys. Like, what what are we talking about? You're you're still going to healthy scratch Miller. You could easily move Miller up to play with Ball and then have Lazar, Smith, Bastion, fourth line, and then play Hall and Mercer, McLeod, and then put Holtz on Heischer's wing. You have to play Heischer with some skilled players. Like, I love Hall's game. I love Palat's game. But... You're turning your franchise captain, number one overall pick center into a third line checking role. No, I agree. I agree. Even if they, even if they, they, you know, even if you put Mercer up there with Heischer, I mean, that would be a better choice. Um, What is the thought process behind it? It makes no sense at all. And I was looking and then I started, uh, you know, doing a deep dive into uh, Travis Green and thinking Sarge, there are so many better options to, to 
like is anybody else chiming in on this and and are they talking about it or are they just following the head coach and you have to, you have to think that these a decision that's this bold is leaving Lindy Ruff susceptible to being accounted for like they're going to he's going to have to answer for those roster decisions i people need to realize how big of a game tomorrow is it's huge tomorrow's game is so big for this team it's four points because it's a four-point game it's washington who's playing in pittsburgh tonight who's been a longtime rival of them they're the devils are going to be in washington waiting for the caps to come in waiting at their barn on you know three days rest and then we should be, and they're old. We should be able to outskate them and run them into the ground. There is no excuse, and we've lost twice to the Capitals so far this season. And then you have two Friday home games versus a horrible Chicago Blackhawks team, and then a Vancouver team that's that's struggling. That's good. Vancouver's but, good, but they, they are good, but they're struggling right now. They're not playing their best hockey right now. Um. You looking up the last ten games? I just, if you have it, I mean, they're in first place. No, I I, I understand that, but they got off to a, a super start. Um, they're a good team, is what I'm saying. They, so they are like, a good team. All right, so let's say you split those games. I'm saying just being realistic with the way that the Devils have played of of late. It's like tomorrow's game is so important. The fact that you're going to be missing a Timo Meyer who has clearly started to find his game and push play and what you're going to do with this roster and to, and to play Lazar on the third line and keep Holtz on the fourth line with tyranny and bastion. And listen, like I get what people, you know, some people don't like Holtz and some people love Holtz and it's this kid has an opportunity to be a 20 goal, 20 goal plus scorer. He has eight goals already on the season. Give him some time. Like we can use an extra twenty. We can use an extra twenty goal scorer on our team, even if it right. means that he's a third line winger. Like who cares? Like that well, would be great if you have. If you could have a third line that was that was McLeod, Mercer, and and uh, Holt. That would be that would be awesome. Or or even a uh, a Hall of Mercer and Holtz or something along those lines. It would slot everybody down. Like. You're not going to play him. He's not going to play him at all. And there's no excuse when you're missing one of your best goal scorers to not play him. And especially there's no excuse to leave Nico Heischer hanging out in the lurch with no talent around him. I, I respect Halla and Palat's game. I really like those players. And they're very important pieces to a team, especially when the playoffs come around. But they're not supposed to be both playing in the top six. No, they have different roles to play. And think about Holtz is going to be a 20-goal scorer this year, playing five minutes a game when he Well, plays. I don't even know if he's going to because it's like he doesn't – he doesn't. you know, he's not on the power play anymore, and he's basically – he's not being used at all. But I, I just – it's like this could be – this is so simple. Um, it seems so – it does seem so simple. And people complain that Holtz isn't – saying that he's not a 200-foot uh, player and he doesn't play, you know, he doesn't win a lot of the board puck battles and stuff. But 
when is he going to get a chance to prove himself and to start winning those battles if you don't play him? What has and you he don't done? Play him with the, and you don't play him with the, the right people. What has he done? Like, he's done everything that you've asked him to do. Like, there's no doubt about it that the kid has worked on being lo- stronger along the boards and back checking and everything. And what has Colin Miller done to deserve to not play over Brendan Smith? Like, this is so stupid. Tierney has been complete garbage. You know, Publius sent me the, the, the lineup. This is easy. This is so simple. Like, this is common knowledge. You're not... You're not playing our best players again. It's it should be Tafoli, Hughes, Brat, Palat, Nico, Holt, Halla, McLeod, Mercer, Bastion, Lazar. Move Smith up. Take Tyranny out of the lineup. Move Miller up to play with Ball, who's been struggling mightily. Like Ball has been a complete disaster. We knew that there was a question mark over his head coming into this year. He played good in the playoffs last year. He played all right down the stretch. He has regressed big time, and I think a lot of it's due to playing with Smith, playing with a guy like Miller. You know what I mean? Miller can move the puck for sure. It's like he's so much more mobile than Ball is, or than than Smith is. Allow Miller to trans to to help Ball in transition, and it's like this is this is ridiculous. This is so stupid. And you know, what's going to be crazy is he better play Dawes tomorrow because they need that game and Dawes look good. You have to be happy with what you saw at sure. him in his first game and to play Vanacek when, if it's me, I'm playing Dawes and then you're probably going to play Vanacek versus a very depleted um, soft Chicago team, and then I would play Dawes on the back of, you know, we've had trouble on these back-to-backs where we're awful. Play Dawes and get some adequate goaltending on Saturday versus Vancouver to give yourself a chance because what I'm really concerned about is the Devils have to win roughly, and like Ruff was saying it after practice today, they got to win two of every three games that they play. Right. And the way that they're playing right now, if you don't win the game Wednesday – and let's say you split this weekend, which I think would be fair with the way that they play at home, the way that they played on a back-to-back, with how good Vancouver is on right. the end of a back-to-back. Listen to the schedule you have coming up. You're going to go on the road to Tampa, who Tampa has Vasilevsky back, and they're playing very good. Then you're going to play on the road in Florida. They are very tough. Our style does not match up against Florida very well. Then you're going to go on the road to Boston, you're going to play them. We know what could happen with Boston. It's like you don't get an easy game until next Wednesday when you have Montreal comes to town. Okay. You have Columbus on that Friday. And then you have Dallas, Vegas, Carolina, Tampa. I mean, it's a tough schedule. You would be lucky to win 50% of these games. Yeah. And we've already proved that there are no easy games. So... You're you're going to have to come out of the box good. And I, I looked up Vancouver. Vancouver is actually playing very good. Their last 10 games are 7-1-2. and two. So saying split over the weekend, got to win tomorrow, that's, that's pretty accurate. And then playing Vanacek, if they play Vanacek, I mean, that's – I just – there's no reason to play him. I mean, he he's already played against his his former team, right? 
So yeah, yeah. There's no reason to play him. There's no, there's no reason. They're they're at the point where after Toronto released Samsonov and waived him, Vanacek is the worst goalie in the league. Yes, he is. He is, and he's playing. He's clearly playing like the worst goalie in the league. And it's you know not Vanacek bashing, but it's just it is what it is. He this is this is who he is right now this year. I just can't believe that. And, and I would never in a million years think that that I'm a smarter guy than Lindy Ruff. But how does nobody else? That's why I was looking at the rest of the coaching staff. How does how does everybody else go along with this lineup? I wonder if there's, you know, any kind of uh, bickering or anything going on in you know, in the offices or in the locker room with with the lineups that he's putting out. There's there's no reason why Colin Miller doesn't play. Think about this. You, you, we talk about how much of a, of a leader Brendan Smith is to this team, and he has a role on this team. So you would you would assume that his role is penalty killing, is physicality, and is being a veteran presence. It's like, that's that's my thought process. And I hate that we keep just talking about Holtz and Smith and the goaltending and the coach, but to be real, like, I really don't have a problem with anybody else. I think everyone else is doing their part. Um, I think they could be slotted in different space, in different places in the roster to, to get the most out of them. All right. In the... F- in the four-goal period, when they scored four goals on you in five minutes or whatever it was first in the second period at Boston, that would have been a good time for Brendan Smith to, to get into a fight. No, absolutely. Oh. Stir your team up. Fire them up. All right, so like we're going to give Lindy rough shit for not calling a timeout. Whatever. That would have been a good time for anybody on the team to step up and throw down. And nobody did. They caved in. They cowered. It was bad. Um, I have a Mike, this guy, he, he hits us up. He sends us emails. He's a big fan of the show. And um, he wrote this, he wrote this email and he sent it to me this week. And it says, Bill, I hate being a downer, but this team is not making it easy. Being up two goals a minute into the second against the top five team is a huge opportunity to climb in the standings. We folded after Marshawn bullied Vitek off of the puck and fed DeBrusque for the first goal. If we still had defense like Stevens, Dano, or White, you know he would have spent the rest of the shift on his ass. Even if you take a penalty, it's worth it to send a message that we don't tolerate that kind of shit. The whole team was bad in that period, but Vitek surrendered four goals on 1.1 expected in the second. He ended the game minus 2.36, which we've talked about. Meanwhile, um, Allmark was 0.153 above expected. So it goes to show you that the goaltending is killing us. I knew it wasn't good, but Vitek is dead last in the league at 5-on-5. Five five. Um, and, and we can't outscore our problems. And I think he's right. Like The Devils don't have the firepower that they had last year. We're not scoring as much as we were. We still score a lot, but it could help to to move some players around to get them going. And I mean, like I said, I just don't understand what the thought process would be is to not put your best five on five 
offensive players on the ice when you're down in the game by two goals in the third period. Meyer goes out. They move Tyranny up the lineup. They move Bastion up the lineup. Yes, they did. They move Holtz up the lineup to play on the third line for two or three shifts, but not as much as everybody else. He should have had a consistent role playing in the top nine, and he didn't. And to me, it's like, what the hell are we doing? That, you know, you look at, he puts Nemitz and he puts Hughes, the pairing out together when we are down. He puts them, he knows that those guys can drive play from the back end. And it's like, yeah, you're going to risk a little bit of your defensive play because you're losing by two anyway. What does it matter? But he won't put Holtz out. And it's like, Holt should not be this big of a conversation in every single freaking podcast. This is no, ridiculous. No. He, and he shouldn't be the number one topic of conversation on Twitter. It, obviously, we, you know, we're not beating a, a dead horse there. It's pretty obvious. Um, it's just, it's getting extremely frustrating. There, it may, none of it makes any sense. Um, well, you know, having all the injuries we had in the beginning of the season, you figured that we wouldn't be doing as well this year as last year, obviously. Um, we lost two, two pretty decent defensemen. Um, but you never thought that there was going to be a question about, are we going to make the playoffs? And we've gone through uh, the easiest part of our schedule and yeah, this is this is going to be it's going to be a rough road to the playoffs. Yeah, and and you look at our schedule, and we have the hardest schedule in the league moving forward. The Devils are really going to have to do something special just to get into the playoffs, um, to get that wild card spot, especially when our division's not really playing very well. Um, you know, I've been very busy with the holidays around and stuff like that. But I'm actually looking forward to watching more hockey. Things slow down a little bit in January. Um, and I'm looking forward to watching more hockey and trying to get a better idea and see some of these other teams play on a nightly basis to get an idea of where we really stand because I don't really feel good about where our game is right now. You know, it was funny. Uh, I, we got into a little bit of a online dispute regarding James Nichols, who is a beat reporter for the Devils who claims that the Devils could have been potentially shopping uh, right. Mike McLeod. And I was just like, I I was like, this, that's clickbait. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? like, That's literally absolutely. clickbait. And I caught some shit for it because, oh, well, James Nichols, he's in the locker room with the team. I think he knows more than you do. And it's like, yeah, maybe. I'm not claiming that I know anything or I don't know anything. But that just sounds like ridiculous to me just because – McLeod has been, you know, we signed him. We, we signed him, and he's been one of our best players. Uh, you saw what he did in the playoffs. He's going to be a guy that I think Lindy Ruff loves. I think management loves him. People brought up the the Team Canada thing. Right. Well, anybody that's trading for him is going to do their due diligence on that. Exactly. That's, come on, like, use your head. Like, who, who are we talking to? And... um so I, I told people, I go, don't even listen to the, don't even listen to this report. Don't even, because once you start, people start talking about it. Now it becomes like a thing. Oh, the devils are trying to move Mike McLeod and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Let's get in Mike McLeod's head now. 
So we're, it's like, oh, we're going to move him. And then the next day after he called, and then the guy tries to call me out. Oh, you think I need clickbait? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know your deal. And then the next day, well, I just want to just clarify the devils are not right. shopping yeah. Mike McLeod. And you're like, all right, like what? A, the only thing that kind of gave it uh, any kind of credibility was the fact that, you know, he's on, he's on a one-year contract right now. So you figure... You know, maybe maybe something like that came into play, but it, for them to get rid of him, he's been he's been one of our top players this year. And what are you going to do? You're going to get rid of him, and then you're going to go look for another third line center? No, they're going to pull Wilman up. I mean, no, I know, I know. It was it didn't it made no sense. It made no sense to me either. Crap. You know, I I do. I worry about the. Friedman had brought it up on 32 thoughts on Sunday, just about how the goalie market, this is after we had our podcast has just right. gotten so insane. And he's like, it's, if you, you know, if Anaheim wants for Gibson wants Mercer or something like that, it, it probably isn't, it's probably not meant to be. It's not worth it to do it. And I say, I said that our last podcast, it's, it definitely isn't worth it to overpay right now for to try and salvage this year when the year is going the way it's going so you're admitting that you would be you would be ready to basically punt this season and go with the two goaltenders with let's say vanacek and dawes to in order to to save to control our assets and then try to make a move for a goalie maybe when things open up no I want I want them to make a move, but I don't want them to overpay with our future like Mercer. Mercer, I you know, you would hope Mercer's going to be a, a devil for the next Okay, eight yeah, I know years. But you're gonna have but you realize what they're saying. Basically what they're saying is you are going to have to give up a substantial piece in order to get a goalie right now just because of the way that the goaltending market is. I mean, and we do have a pretty substantial piece. We actually have two. Um, I don't want to give up Holtz, but Holtz is going to quit on us. I mean, it's like he's going to, they're going to suck the life out of this kid, and he's going to wind up as good a hockey player as he is. He's going to wind up freaking becoming a bad hockey player if they well, play him the way they are. We do have him, and we do you think have. He's pretty resilient to deal with what he's dealt with. I think that, I think point? it's amazing. I think it's amazing, but I don't know if he's going home and freaking throwing a rope over the rafter every night after he plays four or five minutes in a game. It's I I don't know how how you could. After everything he's done, I don't know how you could justify that. And then you see the the world juniors, and you know Casey is shining. I mean, we got Seamus Casey. That's he's a he's a great prospect. I mean, he's a pros. I remember a couple of years ago we wanted uh, who is it? Bowen Bry- uh, Byron, or um, we were looking for for a decent defenseman. Oh, Byron, yeah, yeah, Bo Bryan. You, you couldn't. And, um, Excuse me, but we he was he you was couldn't get him, and overall. and I'm thinking I'm thinking Seamus Casey could be could be on that level. Um, he's having a great year with Michigan, um, but they play way different. But we don't the 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 point I'm trying to make is that we kind of don't not that we don't need him. We definitely do need 
you know, good young defensive prospects, but we have two top, top young guys there. Um, he's somebody that, that I would be willing to sacrifice for, for a goalie. Yeah, I think that Casey has looked incredible, but like we've talked about in previous episodes, he just plays very one-dimensional. He's like an offensive defenseman. He's not really – he's not going to be somebody that's going to make your back end tougher to play against, which is like kind of what we're looking for. We have Dougie Hamilton exactly. and we have Nemitz and we have Luke Hughes. It's like we're we're not looking for more puck-moving, play-driving defensemen, not that – not that that's not extremely sought after and that it doesn't add value, then it's a very valuable trade chip, like you're saying. But, like, where are you going to put him? You know what I mean? Like, that's one thing that you have to worry about is, like, where does he fit into this roster? Well, he would, yeah, I think he would fit into to the Ducks roster, who, you know, is in a total rebuild, and that getting a good scoring defenseman it would probably be very important to them. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, sure. Like, yeah, I mean, I think any anybody would love to have a prospect like that. Um, and there's like, I don't know if John Gibson is the guy. I don't know if John Gibson is the guy. I, I don't. I'm I'm very, listen, if we get him, I'm going to root for him and I'm going to hope he plays really good. Uh, but he's just been very wishy-washy for the past couple of years and he hasn't had a good team in front of him. But either way, like, you never know what you're going to get. And that's the thing that's so tough about goaltenders is trying to judge these guys is impossible. Like there's right. no way, like no, you know, even like professional hockey analysts and stuff, they have, they'll all say like, I'm not a goaltender guru. Like, I don't know how to tell you what this kid is going to become. You did see that Nashville brought up Askarov and he looked pretty scared. I did. Scared, right? I did. And, and that would lead me to my next question, which who would you rather have? Would you rather have, you know, it goes two different ways. Would you rather have Askarov? Would you rather make a hard move for him? Or would you have rather, if you're going for Gibson, you're going for this year. If you're going for Askarov, oh, you're kind of washing, you're, you're washing, you're saying, yeah, okay, you well, this, this year could be, could be done. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't feel great about this year. I think the Devils can make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to win the Stanley Cup. I think that Askarov is a step up and an improvement in our goaltending if he was to come in right away. And I think that he's going to be one of the best future goaltenders in the world. So you got to you got to respect a goaltender that does push ups with the goal bar too. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> You saw he stopped Ovechkin on a he did he did in his first game and I'm sure that was big being a Russian kid and sure you know, that's Ovechkin crazy. is obviously such a legend over there um, you know you look at the Boston Bruins and they have Swayman and they have Allmark and they have Allmark signed already and Swayman's going to be a free agent at the end of the season he's young he's like I think he's 23 or 24 years old he's incredible I mean. I, the Boston Bruins run a very tight ship and um, I don't think that they would let him find his way out. The problem is depending on how much money he wants, I don't know, maybe, maybe you could make a move to try to get him somehow. I think asking for him is like asking for Askaroff. They're just very, that that's like, that's like people asking for Nemitz or Luke Hughes or something. You know what I mean? So I think that those are very, very long shots. Um, Do you really think that that's like asking for Nemitz or Luke Hughes? 
Yeah. Huh. Asking for Askarov? Or, yeah. Yeah. I just, how you know, you can't, the Rangers uh, weren't able to pay two goalies, you know, two top, top grade goalies. Like, there's a lot of teams that can't do it. And I, I don't know how Boston would Omar's, be able to pull Omar it doesn't off. make a lot of money. He doesn't make a lot of money, but he's going to make a lot of money. The market's going to demand he makes more money. He's a he's a great goalie. What do you? How much do you think he his next contract is? Well, he, he hold on. He signed for he signed through twenty twenty five at five million bucks. So then they're going to offer Swayman five million bucks. Six million bucks. And then it's like they have two goaltenders that are 10 million bucks, which is, I mean, that's one of the problems around goaltenders. Like, you pay Igor Shesterkin, or you pay the thing that really fucked with the goaltenders was it was Carey Price. And Carey Price was the best goaltender in the world for a very long time. So this is not a dig at him, but he got hurt and he was getting paid over $10 million. Right. And that really screwed the team. Um, and people worry about that. But if you can spend $10 million or $11 million with the cap going up, and have Swayman and Olmark, you're good. Like, you're golden. That's great. Yeah, you're golden. You know what I mean? Like, if you look at it, it's like, if we were to get John Gibson and and had Vitek Vanacek, we'd be paying $10 million bucks. Right. So, uh, I think goalie prospects are, they're hard to judge, but when you have a kid like Askarov or, um, who's the other kid? Jesper Wallstead, Dustin Wolf. Those are the guys that are just like premium, premium talent that it's it changes your franchise. You look at like Andre Vasilevsky, what that does, right. what that enables Tampa to do. Two he cups. Plays, he plays 75% of their games. You know what I mean? It's like, I get it. If he goes down, you're in trouble. But like you look at what Shesterkin does and it's like you look at what Sorokin, you know, and like everyone is going to have their ups and downs. You know, someone sent me a, a thing saying that, Did you notice that this week there wasn't a goalie? There's only four goalies that had save percentages over over 900. 900, And that's very true, but you have to look at like the big sample size of things. You know what I mean? Um, So I I really don't know what the answer is. And I just think that the market is set so high right now that maybe you are just better off sitting on your hands and saying, listen, this isn't the season. We got a lot, we got a lot to, to work on. But when you do that, it, you know, you're kind of, you're, you're allowing Lindy Ruff to, you're giving right. him a pass as well. And that, and that shouldn't happen. And that shouldn't happen. It's, you know, having him, you know, he's not going to be a sacrificial lamb, but having him play the wrong people, it's, there's still, even, you know, if you're, if your lineup's depleted and you don't have a goalie, he should still be making the right decisions and public opinion. If it was just you and me talking about this, talking about his, his lineups and, and the way he plays people, that'd be one thing, but it's, I mean, everybody, sports writers, everybody is saying the exact same thing. So how does Fitzy not not read through this stuff? I don't know. I mean, um, I think tomorrow they're going to come out and play really good. If you've noticed, you know who looks amazing is Hemanaho. 
Him and Aho look no, sick. I, I he didn't. is going to be a he's going to be a player for the Devils. He looks like the perfect like middle six guy, um, big. You know those. I feel like those Finnish kids play like a real big, thick game. Uh, he's in front of the net. He doesn't do anything that looks over the top. Like we need a little simplicity and 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 just the guy sure. that just finishes. And he looks he looks amazing. I think the Devils really got a steal in getting him. He's been one of the best players in the tournament. And then if you also noticed, Canada got knocked out today, and they're not going to be going on to the semifinals, which. I think it's the first time that's happened in, geez, I, I don't even know when, but Czechia knocked them out and seeing, I think it's, I think it's actually kind of cool to see like more uh, parity amongst the, the different countries out there. Yeah. And, and you see like, don't get me wrong. The Czechs have always been amazing at hockey, but you saw what, you know, dry did for Germany and Germany became a, a very big hockey hotbed. Mo yeah. Sider came out Stutzla. and Tim Stutzla and, and, um, and then you look at like, you know, even like Switzerland produced some good players and Finland and Sweden are, are always going to be class, but like Slovakia was really the, the big one that came out last yeah. year or two years ago with Slavkovsky and um and Nemitz going one two for the first time ever. So uh the World Juniors, while I haven't watched as much as I normally would, I still like seeing um some of these underdog teams come out there and really put on a show and and, and beat some of the powerhouses, the Canadas, the US, the Finland, the Finns and Sweden. So um yeah, that that was pretty cool. Did you see uh this is random, but did you see the Carolina Panthers owner throw the drink on the on the I fans? Did. I did. So like, he was oh. he was he looked like a young kid too, but it was probably a young kid shooting his freaking mouth off, being an asshole. And it's I don't have a problem with that. I'm sorry. I don't. I honestly don't. I don't. <laughs> it's like Somebody, somebody, somebody sitting right in front of your box, just you yeah, know, you're the just owner of the team. You're a billionaire, and you're throwing your drink from your from your you're a box. human being. You're a human being, and you could take tome, you could take so much shit from assholes. That's just that's just me. Wow, that is a very hot take. Well, that's, you may that's, be the, that's you me. may be the only single person on the planet defending that guy. I could be, I could be, but you know what? I'm like, maybe I'm of that age where it's like, I don't want to hear shit from some drunk 20 year old kid, you know, God knows what the hell he's saying, but what is back to the game yelling into the box, the whole game. You idiot. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, yeah. So that's, that's, all that's I, just my opinion. That's all I got. The Devils have a really big one tomorrow, and then they have a big weekend before they go through the gauntlet. Uh, we'll see what happens. I do believe that Fitz is working working the phones right now. Sure, but but they have that. to. And and you know what, Lindy's got to Lindy's got to try maybe try a little something different in practice to get your team ready for a game. Get your team ready to play 60 minutes, not 40 minutes, not 50 minutes, not 20 minutes. Play the whole freaking game. 
This is my last request. Play Colin Miller on the third pairing to help Ball. Move Smith up. Take Tyranny out. Move Holtz up the lineup to play with your center, with your captain of your team. Move Hall down to play on the third line. Put Lazar on the fourth line. And you have and, a full lineup. Right. And even if you don't love Holtz going and say, no, he's not a top six guy, well, move him to the third line and put Mercer up. It's like just just don't have that the lineup that you have set up. Tierney should not be playing. I mean, it's just why we gave him a contract is is beyond me. And one other thing. If Timo Meyer is injured, don't bring him back too early. No, let's let's try and prolong that injury and hopefully it'll it'll drag into next year. You gotta wonder what our medical staff is actually doing too. I don't think that he ever recovered from his first injury and then all of a sudden Ruff came out and said, well, yeah, you know, it's like getting him up to speed from the injury, which basically just meant that we brought him back too soon. No, he said, he, no Ruff and, came out and said that he was still injured. He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he meant, and, and he would, but he also said that, you know, it's hard for him to catch up to game speed and it's going to take him a while after an injury. And then, you know, it, after saying that, Timo came out like, a, you know, like a slingshot, and now he's injured again. And rather than just sitting him for the amount of time that he actually needed to recover from whatever the injury was, that wasn't a uh, medium body injury. That was like a uh, well-done uh, foot injury or whatever no, crazy though is if we didn't have timo playing in those last couple of games we might not have won no i i agree 100 percent. in the last three games uh last three games he's he's been a difference maker um, yeah i mean like one of the only things that lindy ruff has done that i've actually thought was a good idea was put mcleod on the third line and and put mercer and meyer on his wing i don't know why all this shit takes so long i don't know why everything seems so simple to the whole rest of the hockey community, to the whole devil's fan base and the coach of the team. When you think he would have a brain trust of people around him that would try to guide him in the right direction, even if he had a problem with Holtz or even exactly. if he had a problem, would be like, dude, like, what are we doing? Like, you know, if I was, if I was Fitzgerald and I know this is a very strange, like there could be a strange relationship between, a general manager and a coach, because sometimes the coach is like, if you're going to ask me to make the dinner, I want to go pick the groceries. You know what I mean? I want to. Right. Wanna, right. But it's like, Hey, listen, like Lindy Ruff, you were always kind of like, not, not on the hot seat, but you, you were kind of a guy that was working on a one year or two year contract. And you're going to see what you could do with this roster. Well, I hooked you up with this roster and you have all these players, but we're not playing them in the correct spots. So like, are we getting the most out of these guys? And that's what, I mean, at some point, you have to look at Tom Fitzgerald and be like, dude, like, you're the boss. Like, it's kind of up to you. Right, right. It's it's like Moneyball, and Ruff ain't Tom, uh, isn't uh, Brad Pitt, <laughs> you know? It's like, you, you got, you have the tools. It's like, just freaking, just play them where they belong. Well, Brad Pitt was the general manager. I know, but he was making, he was, yeah, true. It's kind of reverse. Okay. My Billy bad. Bean. He's, no, Tom Fitzgerald is... Or um, they have reverse roles. In Lindy this. Ruff is Philip Seymour Hoffman, right? 
Oh man, yeah, it's just it's it's just frustrating. And you see, we it's not like we don't have capable people around. Even Deneen, uh, I mean, we have capable people. Put Sarge Kevin in Deneen, charge, man. Kevin Deneen was such a dirty player when he was <laughs> when he played for the Flyers. Oh my God, he was. Our, like, our team would be much different if he was if he was our head coach. I, I think mean, our team would be different if anybody was the head coach. Hey, listen, I got to get out of here soon. I am I am the coach of two basketball teams now. Um, oh wow! So, there you go. Yeah, so I have practice in twenty minutes, and then uh, tomorrow I have practice at six forty-five to seven forty-five. So I'll be missing the. I'm going to miss some some first periods for sure. Oh, that's. And I got three games on the weekend. So are you telling me you don't want me to text you? You don't want to be in the group text during the the games? No, I'm like a I'm like a young Pat Riley. Everybody's got to keep an eye out when we're in uh, Florida playing. I saw Kyle's uh, Pickle Rick outfit yesterday, and it's quite disturbing. We'll be sitting behind the net for you both should be the Tampa. It, Ed. You're the I, I know, but it's like that's never going to happen. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, at least um, you're honest about it. Yeah, I am honest. Don't, um, wear the, don't wear the deal with it hat. I'm not going to wear that thing. I just got that. I was going to wear it on a podcast so you could put it on the, the thing, but it's, um, I'm just, I'm not that corny. Yes. I, no, I am corny, but I'm not that corny. You are. You make some weird faces when you send like the devil's score or something and you send the videos over. Yeah. Well, that's, that's me being excited. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think I'm scaring the grandkids with that stuff. Yeah, it's getting a little like weird. Luke. Uh, Kyle was saying Luke is like he's just he, you know, the goal thing. He wants him to play that like all the time. <laughs> oh my God. You look like Artie Lang in that in that video. <laughs> with a better nose. <laughs> okay. Well, um, yeah. So March 11th, we're gonna do the first ever trap podcast meetup in New York City before the New York Rangers Devils game um, and uh, I'll let you know a time and place for that but if you're interested a couple of you have already reached out be sure to hit me up in the DMs and uh, check out the trappodcast.com uh, we have our first advertisement somebody that's going to pay big money big are money. you serious for all you commercial people all you people that wait love a minute wait a minute wait a minute flag on the play nope I gotta go uh, I'll let you know about it. And then um, in the meantime, you've been listening to the Trap Podcast, Bill Botch and the Pickle. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Peace. Later. Thank you.